Well, let's turn to Matthew 8. Matthew 8. And today we're going to talk a little about receiving and ministering healing. Hallelujah. Receiving and ministering healing. Most of Jesus' ministry consisted of teaching and healing. So since Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, healing is still a big part of Jesus' ministry in the earth. If Jesus emphasized faith and healing, then we should be emphasizing faith and healing. Amen? Because God has not changed the devil has not changed. People's needs have not changed. Um, so this needs to continue. Amen? Amen? So uh, there may be, you know, I realize there are entire denominations that still debate and argue over this subject 2,000 years later. Uh, you know, there are some churches and denominations, they have more confidence in Job's boils and Paul's thorn than they do the stripes of Jesus, you know? Uh, but when people talk about Job and his trouble, a lot of people just stop right there. They need to read the end of the book. Job got healed, amen? And he had restored to him twice, twice, uh, what he lost before he was attacked. And before he was attacked, he was the wealthiest uh, man in the East. And so God restored to him twice what he lost. So we're, we're majoring on the stripes of Jesus and not Paul's thorn, amen, and, and reasonings and debates. Um, there are about 19 individual healings recorded by Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And of those, I mean, it may, uh, it may seem to be more than that, but then, uh, you know, some of them are recorded more than once. You know, all, all of them may have recorded the same healing. Uh, so it, it may seem like there's more than 19. But, um, you know, in other accounts, it say many were healed, all were healed, multitudes were healed. But uh, we don't have individual details about those. Uh, of the 19 individual healings, 10 of them, the person's faith was specifically mentioned. 10 of the 19, the person's faith was specifically mentioned. Jesus made uh, statements like, according to your faith, be it unto you. Um, uh, as you have believed, be it done unto you. Uh, your faith has made you whole. He made these kinds of statements. So the ministry of Jesus today is continuing through his body in the church. In John 14, 9, Jesus said, Who has seen me has seen the Father. Now, this doesn't mean Jesus is the Father. He, it just means that uh, everything Jesus did and said... Um, 
was a direct expression and a direct revelation of the will of God for all people and for all time. So everything that we see recorded in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is the revealed will of God for all people for all time. Now, in uh, verse 1, when he had come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, a leper came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. So here we are looking at the revealed will of God for all people for all time. Uh, In verse 2, where he says, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. In the contemporary English version, it says, Lord, you have the power to make me well, if only you wanted to. And this is where most of the church world is today. You, you, can, make, you can make me well. You have the power if you, if, you, if you want to, if it's your will. Uh, Then Jesus put out his hand and touched him, saying, Well, it might not be God's will. (laughs) Is that what he said? I'll have to pray about it. Uh, In God's timing, uh, this is developing your character, and he's teaching you to be more holy. Is that what Jesus said? Did he ever say that one time? So, These are all unscriptural, man-made doctrines that we hear all these excuses about why everyone's not healed. There's no scripture to report that. Uh, In the New Living Version, Jesus says, I will, you are healed. The Phillips translation says, of course I want to, be clean. Of course I want to, be clean. No ifs, no buts, no maybes, no excuses. Now let's turn to Luke 5, and we'll look at the same uh, account of the same healing in verse 12. And it happened when he was in a certain city that, behold, a man was full of leprosy, saw Jesus. So here Luke the doctor says this man was full of leprosy. He gives us a bit more detail. Matthew didn't say that. The Amplified Bible says an advanced case of leprosy. So this would have been like stage four or something, you know, terminal. Uh, And the word, the Greek word for leprosy, uh, you know, isn't just confined to the the disease leprosy. Paper. Uh, if you look down in that cupboard, maybe. Oh, sorry, um, It also included other skin diseases. So, so this was kind of a whole uh, array of skin diseases that that came under the category of leprosy. But at the at at the time, um, 
it, it was an incurable disease. I don't know about today. I know it's still in parts of Asia and Africa, but um, it affects the skin and mucous membranes, the, the nerve endings. Your fingers and toes fall off and they lose their uh, sense of feeling. Uh, discoloration and lumps on the skin. And in the most severe cases, disfigurement and deformities. So this was not only a disfiguring uh, physical disease, it was also had a social impact on people because this was a lifetime lockdown. These people were, were isolated from uh, society. Either they lived on their own or they lived in a colony with other lepers. So they had to leave their family, they had no job, they had no income, and this was like a lifetime uh, lockdown. Um, it, it's interesting, uh, you know, even in the Bible days, uh, they knew how to handle infectious diseases. They isolated the sick people. And what are we doing today? We're isolating the well people. <laughs> so. Um, so I think in the Bible days, they had it right, you know? Um, so it says, he fell on his face and implored him saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And in verse 13, then he put his hand, uh, he put out his hand and touched him saying, I am willing, uh, I am willing, be cleansed, and immediately the leprosy left him. Verse 15, however, the report went around concerning him all the more, uh, and great multitudes came to hear and be healed of, uh, to hear and be healed of their infirmities. Great multitudes, this would be tens of thousands of people. Uh, so it says, great multitudes came to what? Hear and be healed. What came before the healing? Hearing. The hearing. Amen. Hearing the word. How does faith come? You have to hear it's available, and you have to hear that it's God's will for you personally. Uh, you cannot have faith for what you have not heard. And this is a big problem among many Christians. Faith in healing comes by hearing the word of God about healing. And that's the first step to receiving healing or anything else in the Bible. So churches that don't teach healing, there's no faith to receive healing. And they may be begging God till the cows come home to, to heal them. But if they're not teaching healing, there's no faith to receive healing. Faith stops at the question mark. Uh, now let's tur turn to Mark uh, chapter one, and this is Mark's account of the same healing. Uh, verse 40. Now a leper came to him, imploring him, kneeling him, kneeling down to him. Uh, we're going to see here what this man does to receive healing. Uh, first of all, he came to Jesus. Uh, 
this was an incurable disease. There was nothing medical science could do for him. So, so uh, this was a wise decision. Uh, it says he was imploring him. Now, he's, I know there are some translations that say he begged him and he was begging him. But faith is not a beggar. Believers are not beggars. Uh, a better translation would be to entreat or to call for in the Greek. It, it, that's a better translation of the word, uh, even though some translations say he begged him. Um, it says he kneeled down to him. So he came to him and he kneeled down to him. Now this was a sign of humility. This was a sign of humility. He's demonstrating uh, respect, reverence, and honor for Jesus. And it's also a form of worshiping God, acknowledging him as uh, the source of life and, and as his healer, as the healer. First uh, Peter 5, 5 says, God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. Pride can be a hindrance to people receiving healing or anything else for that matter. Pride is a hindrance to faith. Uh, there's a, uh, I've heard uh, one faith preacher, he used to work with uh, Brother Hagen in his healing school for many years. He was teaching there in the healing school. And he was, you know, young man, younger at that age. And he said a man came to him. What they would do, they would teach the word Monday to Friday. And then on Thursdays, they would pray for people. That was kind of the routine. You know, it could vary. But <clears throat> so Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I mean, they're just putting the word in. And this man came to him and he said, I was listening to Brother Hagen when your mother was changing your diapers. Does that sound like humility? No. He's a know-it-all, isn't he? He's a know-it-all. Um, and he's not really having any respect for the minister. I don't care if he was 16, you know what I mean? But uh, if this man knew so much, and he already, yeah, if he, if he already knew the word and he already knew everything about faith and healing, why was he there? Why was he there needing uh, uh, prayer and healing? Uh, you know, people can be em embarrassed to be prayed for in public. You know, they might say, well, could we go in the back room somewhere where nobody will see us, you know? So their pride can be a hindrance in people receiving healing. But this man, uh, even though he could have been stoned for being out in public, I mean, he was breaking the lockdown rules big, big time, you know? Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He was breaking the lockdown rules, and he was supposed to be off at a distance yelling unclean, warning people, you know. Um, but uh, but he, that's not what he did. He comes, and it says he hit the dirt. Uh, we're in verse 40. Um, 
He came imploring him, kneeling down to him and saying, if you are willing, you can make me clean. So he, he comes flying in there and he hits the dirt on his knees in front of Jesus. And I imagine when everybody saw this man's a leper, I imagine there was a parting, you know. <laughs> I imagine there, were, there was a parting of the people and they all uh, made the way and he had plenty of space, you know. They probably, um, you know, they probably uh, ridiculed him. They probably yelled at him. Uh, but this man had a humble attitude and he, he was not a know-it-all, you know. He was not haughty and prideful. Uh, he doesn't care what people say about him or think about him. Uh, he's just coming to receive and he's worshiping God. So this is, these are some important steps on what this man did to receive healing. Kneeling down to him and saying to him, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Now the word if, if you are willing, if is a badge of doubt. If is a badge of doubt. Now he has some faith or he wouldn't be there at all. Where, where is his faith level? He believes Jesus can. He believes he can, so he has some faith, but that's where his faith has stopped. He must have heard about Jesus. He must have heard that he was uh, a prophet, anointed of God, that people were being healed in his meetings. So faith, faith comes by hearing he heard about Jesus, so he, he said, I don't care, I'm, I'm going, amen. So he had some faith or he wouldn't have been here. But you can have faith in one area and not have faith in another area. You can have faith that your sins are forgiven and not have faith for healing. You can have faith that Jesus is coming back but not have faith for prosperity. So this man has no doubt about Jesus' power or ability. He doubts his willingness. He doubts his willingness. And that's the question mark where his faith came to a grinding halt. He said, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And this is where most of the church world is right now. So when he comes to Jesus and he says, if you can, you can make me well, uh, is he healed yet? No. No, he's not healed yet. He, at this point, he does not have faith to receive healing. Uh, he has faith that Jesus can, which is good. That's good because there are billions of people that don't believe Jesus can. So he's, you know, he, he's, he's stretching his faith as far as he can. Write this down. Believing God can heal is not faith to receive healing. Believing God can heal is not faith to receive healing. Now, it's a fact that some people are healed and some are not, but it is the will of God that all people be healed. Uh, and I would say this is probably step number one. You, you have to know it's God's will to heal you. And, and until people are there, 
And until the person praying believes it's the will of God, they're not ready to pray. They're not ready to pray for anybody. If they don't know it's the will of God, they're not ready to pray, and I wouldn't be having anybody like that pray for me. Um, so um, but this question about God's will is one of the first things that has to be settled from the word of God. Now, uh, just hold your place there and just turn over a few pages to Mark 11. Twenty-four. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe. Whatever things you ask for when you pray, believe. Believe what? Believe. Believe that God can? Yeah. Believe that you receive. It's more than believing God can. It's believing more than God has the power. It's more than believing God's good. Those are all, those are all good. But that's not what Jesus said to believe here. Believe that you receive. Believe that you receive. If you desire healing, believe you receive healing, and you shall have healing. Or whatever else whatever else you're praying about, whatever else you're dealing with. Uh, people can beg God till the cows come home and not get healed. Uh, and then they'll, they'll, this is where they make up these new doctrines, these man-made doctrines, well, it's not God's will to heal everybody, or this proves that it's not God's will to heal everybody. That doesn't prove anything. That doesn't prove anything. That's nonsense. This man had faith that Jesus could heal him, but he did not have faith that he was willing to heal him. So this is where entire denominations are today, doubting God's will to heal everybody. But we know from the word of God, it's God's will to heal all people for all time. Uh, this is not an isolated scripture either. We're not just taking one scripture here and building a doctrine on it. Verse 41, uh, let me get back. Verse 41 says, Then Jesus moved with compassion. Now, uh, this word compassion literally means the inward parts. In some other places in the Bible, it's translated bowels, literally bowels, bowels of compassion, the inward parts. So uh, Jesus was not having sympathy on this man. He was not having pity on him. Uh, he sees that he has faith that, that he can be healed. And uh, the faith that he has come with and the humility he has come with has caused Jesus to be moved on the inside. He knows this man is serious uh, and he's not uh, he's not feeling sorry for him. He's not having pity because this man believes he can be healed. There's no reason to have sympathy or, or to feel sorry for him. Jesus answered his question. Uh, he stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I am willing, be cleansed. I am willing. He answered his questions. He answered his question. 
and all denominational opinions and philosophies and debates and reasonings just all have to fall away because this is the revealed will of God and this is what stands. Amen. Hallelujah. Everybody say, of course I will. Of course I will. Amen. Hallelujah. Healing uh, is a mercy of God, and it demonstrates the nature of God. And people that, that debate healing, they don't know this part of God's nature. They don't have any revelation about this part of God's nature. And I think it's just a lack of teaching, really. It's just a lack of teaching. Uh, you know, if you think about Jesus hanging on the cross and the blood's flowing and the, his body and face are so marred, he doesn't even look like a man, you know. And, and somebody looks at him on the cross and says, is it your will for me to be saved? You know, is it your will for me to be healed? Well, why is he there? <laughs> you know, I mean, why is he there in the first place, you know? Uh, and from what I understand, the, the whipping and the scourging that the Romans did to Jesus was not customary of crucifixions. That is not what they did to everybody. That was not part of the crucifixion process. And apparently the whipping itself should have killed him. Well, mm. yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it probably would have killed anybody else, but God had a plan. God... But that was part of God's plan. That's why, that's why it was done to him, because it was part of God's plan for our complete redemption. Amen. Uh, so with that in mind, for somebody to say, you know, is it, is it, maybe it's not God's will to heal me. You know, this is just ignorance, really. Uh, Isaiah 53, 4 and 5, Matthew 8, 17, 1 Peter 2, 24, by his stripes you are healed. With his stripes, you were healed. So why, why do people question his will? When Jesus said, I will be cleansed, was this man doubting anymore? Was he questioning anymore? No, he had, he had no questions because Jesus removed the question mark. Faith comes by hearing. Now he has faith. He has faith that not only Jesus can, but he will. Uh, I think one of the big problems in the body of Christ in this area is that uh, we've been majoring on uh, the sending part of healing and not on the receiving part of healing. We need to be majoring on our part, which is the receiving end. There's nothing wrong with the sending end. God, God was interested in healing us before we even got sick. You know, uh, God even healed in the Old Testament. Healing was available. So for, for people uh, today to say, well, that's passed away, and, and when the last disciple, apostle died, it was no longer, you know, God just did that to increase the church in the early years, and now that's all passed away. Well, they're saying people in the Old Testament um, had advantages that we don't have. Uh, are they saying that, that God had mercy on people in the Old Testament, but he doesn't have mercy anymore? That's exactly what they're saying. They're exactly what they're saying. We have a better covenant with better promises, and now the devil has been defeated. Amen. 
So what's been lacking is that we've been, most Christians have been focusing on trying to get God to heal them instead of focusing on the receiving part. We don't have to beg God to do his part. We need to major what do, we need to learn what's involved in receiving. And this is where teaching comes in, and this is where most Christians and most churches that don't believe in healing, this is where they're missing it. They're not focusing on the receiving end. Uh, and sometimes this is why there's a delay in healing. Uh, it's not because it takes God a long time to heal, but, uh, you know, if you take into account some people have been taught wrong, they have believed wrong, they have talked wrong for decades. For decades, they have believed the wrong thing. They've talked the wrong thing. And they just walk into, you know, a service somewhere and just, uh, you know, poof, expect, you know. Uh, and, and if they're not instantly healed, then they start a doctrine that it's not God's will to heal everybody. You know, they, they got to realize that we have a, we have to get our mind renewed. This is where getting immersed in the Word of God uh, and getting our minds renewed in the area of faith and healing is part of it. And and people, you know, with this doctrine that, well, you know, it's all up to God, and I don't have any, that, you know, if he wants me well, I'll be well, and if he doesn't, he doesn't, I won't. This is just shirking the responsibility of receiving and, and learning how to receive. But, just keep putting the word in, putting the word in, putting the word in, and you'll know when you're full. You'll know when you're full of the word because you'll stop talking about the sickness, you'll stop talking about the symptoms, you'll start talking about what the doctor said, I don't know why it's taking so long, blah, blah, blah. When you get full of the word, you'll start saying, I am healed, the word's working, I'm not moved by what I see, or what I feel, uh, I'm healed, I'm living long and strong, amen, and with long life will he satisfy me. That's how you know when you're getting full of the word, amen, hallelujah. You'll talk health and not sickness. That's how you know when you're getting full of the word, but just keep putting it in there till it starts overflowing and it'll just start coming out of your spirit and out of your mouth, amen. Jesus said out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Verse 41. Jesus moved with compassion, stretched out his hand, and touched him. Now, uh, this is not always the way Jesus ministered to people. Sometimes he did touch them, but it, it was one of the ways he ministered healing, but not all the time. Um, touch, uh, touching people can be a... Um, uh, a point of contact where uh, the person doing the praying releases their faith and the person receiving releases their faith. And sometimes it helps the person receiving uh, to feel, feel something, feel somebody touching them uh, in order to release their faith. It helps them to release their faith. Um, there's also... Um, anointing uh, transferred. Touch can be a point of contact and for the anointing to flow. Uh, Oral Roberts used to say, don't, 
Don't touch anybody. Don't lay your hands on them until you are ready to release your faith. So, uh, by the touch, the one being prayed for also releases their faith. And that's the point when they need to believe that they receive. So when you're praying for people, when you explain to them, you know, I'm going to touch you, I'm going to put my hands on you, and that's when you believe you receive. It doesn't matter. You may feel something. You may not feel anything. But that's when you believe that you receive. God can anoint people with different degrees of healing power. Now, this says, this man, it says immediately, uh, immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. Now, we're believing for immediately's, amen? And we're believing for instant healings and we have prophetic words here. We've been declaring that we're going to see more and more of it. So that tells us God wants to do more and more of it. Uh, but some people get so focused on immediately being healed that they miss being healed. And uh, I heard Gloria Copeland say, you know, a weak believer, they will come forward and be prayed for. And if they don't feel anything different by the time they get back to their chair, they'll, they'll let go. They'll just let, let go. Um, uh, they, they assume because they didn't sense any immediate change in their body that nothing happened and they let go of their faith. Brother Hagen said, keep the switch of faith turned on. Just keep the switch of faith turned on. Which means if it can be turned on, it can be turned off. So we need to keep the switch of faith turned on and when we're praying for other people, we need to tell them. Keep the switch of faith turned on. Uh, healing can also mean recovering. We have, that's what we've been declaring about this year. God said through the prophetic word, the, the year of recovery. Uh, we know that everybody that Jesus prayed for was not instantly healed. Some of them were healed over a period of hours and days. They recovered. They recovered. I remember when we were meeting at Burfham once, this man came in, never came back. Uh, he came in, the first thing he said before he even took his coat off and sat down, he said, uh, he said, uh, you know, everybody Jesus healed, they got healed immediately, uh, instantly. And I said, no, I didn't either, <laughs> you know. I don't know, he obviously had some problem with that because that's the first thing he said. But, um, I said, no, I, every, everybody he prayed for it was not healed immediately. They recovered over... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so Brother Hagen said, healing is by degree, based on the measure of faith and anointing ministered and the measure of faith in which it is received. Healing is by degree based on the measure of faith and anointing ministered and the measure of faith in which it is received. Now we're, we're talking about receiving by the word, okay, and by, through the word and by our own personal faith. There, we know there are many other ways in the Bible God ministers healing. Uh, he uses people and gifts of healings and so forth, but here we're just talking about our individual faith. 
So we have the minister's faith is a factor, the degree of anointing is a factor, and the person receiving their faith is a factor. Uh, you know, people might say, well, you know, that was Jesus. He, you know, he, he, he was God, you know. Well, yes, he was God, but he wasn't ministering on the earth as God. He was not using his divine powers uh, as God when he ministered healing to people. The Bible says in Philippians that he emptied himself of his divine privileges and power, and he came to earth as a man. And he ministered here as a man anointed by the Holy Spirit. Now, he gave, he gave the authority to his disciples. And they were yeah. 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 So it's obvious they're, they weren't God. <laughs> and they, yeah. The thing I find strange is there's never any mention that Jesus was breaking the law by touching the leper. Yeah. Whenever he healed the leper, it's never mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. It's accepted. Yeah. Mm. Which. I think that's probably one of the things that infuriated the Pharisees, you know, was that he he just broke out of, <laughs> he just, he, but he did say, go show yourselves to the priest as a testimony. Because if you go back to Leviticus 13 and 14, it gives all the great details about leprosy and how they were to handle it and diagnose if they needed to be quarantined or not and when they could come back and all this there's like two whole chapters of great detail. So Jesus did keep the law in that he told him to go, go show yourself to the priest and offer uh, the uh, sacrifice as a testimony. You know, uh, Jesus did have the spirit without measure. We do know Jesus did have the spirit without measure. And on earth, he was the body of Christ. And today... We're the body of Christ, and he's the head. Amen? Amen? We're the body of Christ, and he's the head. So he expects us to continue his healing ministry. Amen? And to lay hands on the sick, and they recover. So Jesus had a high degree of anointing, and he had a high degree of faith. Uh, and the people who came and heard the word from him they obviously received a high degree of faith by listening to him teach the word. So when his faith and their faith met, immediately's. Immediately, they had some immediately's. Write this down. The point is not what you feel. The point is that you believe that you receive. The point is not what you feel. The point is that you believe what you see you receive. Verse 42, as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. And he strictly warned him and sent him away at once. Now the word strictly here, uh, it's used in s several other places here in the Gospels. Uh, it was, you know, when the, when the, uh, woman poured the expensive perfume over Jesus and the disciples criticized her for doing that. That's the same word strictly. It can mean, it can be used to express anger. 
Uh, it can indicate a, a speaking or acting with deep feeling. Same word when it says Jesus groaned in his spirit at the tomb of Lazarus. Same word. And it's for stern ad admonishment. So Jesus sternly admonished this man, don't go tell anybody. What did he do? <laughs> he did it anyway. And what happened? It caused Jesus problems. It caused Jesus problems, and he was no longer able to move about freely like he desired to. I believe uh, an, one of the reasons that uh, sometimes Jesus told people not to go uh, tell people about their healing is because those people would have talked them out of it. Those family or friends or whatever, these unbelieving people would have talked them out of it. And if somebody's weak in their faith, it can happen. It can happen. I've heard Brother Hagen talk about people he knew that, that got healed and they went back to the pastor of their church and they lost their healing and they were back in, on crutches or whatever again. So, so I think that's one reason why Jesus, I think that's one reason why sometimes it says he led the man out of town to pray for him to get him out of that unbelief and that, uh, those unbelieving people that were there. Mm -hmm. He had to get him into a place, the same with Jairus' daughter. He cleared that room out. He drove everybody out of there. Mm -hmm. He had to get all that unbelief out. So, uh, so I believe that's one reason why he, sometimes he, he said, don't go tell anybody, because he knew they'd talk him out of it. Um, you're using the word strictly. I don't have the word strictly in my version. I'll go straightly. Uh, OK. Uh, mine's a New King James Version. It says strictly. I think they're different, probably different yeah, translations. Different. Yeah. yeah. Mine's a New King James. Uh, verse 43. He strictly warned him and sent him away at once. Yeah, I think in the King James it's strict. Because I've got King James as well. Straightly. Straightly, Straightly yeah. James, yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, Jesus gave him clear directions not to go tell anybody. Now, um, write this down. You need to do with your healing and your miracle whatever the Lord directs you to do. Some people just assume, well, I, God wants me to tell everybody. Well, he didn't tell this man to go tell everybody. So, so... Just be led by however God directs you. Um, whatever he tells you uh, to do concerning your healing and your testimony, he may tell you to only give it to certain people or uh, maybe wait or whatever he directs you to do. Uh, I don't care how miraculous the healing is. It will not convince everybody that healing is real and that God is the healer. There's always going to be people that are not going to believe. And the Pharisees are a prime example. The, I mean, how many miracles do you have to see? <laughs> you know? They saw miracle after miracle, healing after healing, and they were never, they were never changed. They were never convinced. They were just, they had closed their heart. Their heart was so hard. Uh, that they had just closed their heart. They had no sympathy. They had no compassion toward people. Mm -hmm. uh, they never did, never did believe. Uh, I heard Brother Copeland say uh, there was a lady 
well, in this particular case, a lady healed of cancer at one of their, you know, conventions. And uh, she went home and she told her family and her sister said, see there, I told you, you just needed to get away for a few days and rest. <laughs> so, so, uh, it, people, no, no, rest won't get rid of cancer, no. Um, so, so if, if people have this attitude, well, I'm going to prove to people that, that God healed me. Well, you're not going to prove it to everybody. There's always going to be some people that, that are just not going to, um, to believe. But the point is, we give the glory to God. We give him all the credit and do with your miracle and healing whatever the Lord tells you to do. This man was convinced God had the power to heal him, but that was not enough to get healed. And when Jesus answered his question about his will to heal him, then his faith was complete, and then he could receive. He could receive what was God's will for him to have, and he received right then. The nodules and the sores went away. He could go back to work. He could go back to his family. Amen? So let's say this together. This is the will of God for all. For all people. For all time. For all time. Today. Today. Amen. Amen.